Today we have, of course, uh, we recognize it, the, the Beatitudes, but maybe a little different than we're used to hearing. See, the Beatitudes we hear today are, are from Luke's Gospel. We're probably more familiar with Matthew's Gospel's Beatitudes, where it's Matthew uh, chapter 5. But from Luke chapter 6, which, by the way, we're going to read from the next couple weeks as, as well, uh, we, we have these Beatitudes. Once again, they sound a little, little different, maybe not even quite as, uh, I don't know, uh, how would I put this the polite way? <laughs> They're not as uplifting. At least I don't get uplifted when I hear, uh, blessed are you who are poor. I don't want to be poor. I don't necessarily want to be hungry. I know I don't want to be hungry. Let's be honest about that, right? Uh, blessed are you who are weeping. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude and insult you. They denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. But, of course, Jesus also goes on in this part of Luke's gospel. We're going to that woe part uh, as well. And that's, uh, you know, W-O-E, just to make sure we know what that is, right? But, but woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are filled now. Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to, you speak, woe to you when people speak well of you. And so what he's saying here is it's actually a blessing to have, in a certain sense, these curses. And it's a curse to have these earthly blessings. But why is he saying that? Well, let's take a deeper dive and, and figure that out. Of course, we know it's coming, once again, from Luke chapter 6. And it's important to remember that, that right before this, Jesus is calling the, the 12 apostles. He goes up to the top of the mountain. And so we encounter it today as him and the 12 come down. And he looks around, and of course, we have people... Uh, disciples that have been following him, but also people from Tyre and Sidon, from all the regions there. And they want to hear from him. So it's kind of like the Sermon on, on the Mount. It's the same thing in Luke's Gospel here as well. He call it Sermon on the Plain, but it's still on a mount. Okay. So he's there, and what does he do? He raises his eyes, and he looks at his disciples, and he says these words. And when he says these words, by the way, it would be shocking to his disciples. It'd be shocking to his apostles. We can see this because remember in another part we see Peter who says, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. When is our reward going to be? So we know the apostles, we know the disciples are expecting in a certain sense to have these earthly rewards. And yet Jesus tells them right away, no, but you're blessed when you're poor. Another word for blessed or another interpretation could actually be happy. You see, you should be happy when you're poor, happy when you're hungry, happy when you're sorrowful, happy when you're persecuted. And once again, that does not make sense to you, that is the correct interpretation. It shouldn't make sense. But a lot of things that Jesus say doesn't make sense. It can be radical. But the important part here to see is why does he say this? Because your reward is going to be great in heaven. When you follow me, when you detach from everything else, you're finally going to have that happiness that you're longing for. And we know the way to that. It's the same in the Old Testament. Blessed are those who follow the Lord. Blessed are those who hope in the Lord. Blessed are those who walk in the way of the Lord. From a responsorial psalm today, Psalm one. We have our first reading today from Jeremiah as well, where it says, if you follow the way of the Lord, you can be like that tree planted by 
the stream. Your roots will be filled. You'll be blessed abundantly. But in the Old Testament, we also hear, if we follow the way of the Lord, we're going to be blessed here on earth. Go back to Deuteronomy. Moses, right, saying, if you follow the way of the Lord, I'm going to bless you. If not, we're going to be filled with curses. You be filled with hunger, poverty, sorrow, persecution. And so when Jesus says this, once again, <laughs> disciples are going to be amazed. But what he's doing is he's saying to them, you have to leave the earthly possessions. You have to leave earthly pleasures, earthly wants behind. Because that is going to take you down. And that's why he gets to the woe part. You see, when we're rich, when we're filled, when we don't have any sort of, of, of wants, we can almost be attached to earthly goods. But you and I know it doesn't actually bring fulfillment. And this is what Jesus is saying. And so we go on, and we go on in Luke's gospel, and what does Jesus say often to his disciples? You cannot be my disciple unless you take up your cross daily and follow me. And what does that cross entail? Well, it does entail hunger sometimes, and poverty, and suffering, and persecution. But we know that's actually a blessing because it's what what God did as well. When we look at the Beatitudes, we can actually see the fulfillment of the Beatitudes was Jesus Christ. He too, we know, was poor. He was born into poverty. We look at uh, Mary and Joseph, and they're presenting Jesus in the temple. And you know, if they could have afforded a lamb, they would have, they would have bought a lamb, but they had nothing. So they had to buy two young turtle doves. We know that Jesus was often, you know, he was hungry, he was fully divine, but also fully human. He had that temptation in the desert. And other times as well, where they're walking through the fields of the disciples and they're so hungry that they're picking off grain on a Sunday through fields for something, for some sort of sustenance. We, of course, know that Jesus, well, he mourned as well, mourned at the death of Lazarus. We know as well that, no question about it, that Jesus was persecuted. So he is the fullness of those Beatitudes. So he's saying, to be a Christian, you must follow me and to experience these same things. But actually what's going to happen is you're going to have a great gift in heaven. Your reward will be great. You are going to have eternal life. And of course we know as we hear from our second reading today that we believe that there is another world. We believe in the resurrection the resurrection of Christ, that he is resurrected and descended into heaven, or we too can be with him eternally, where it is not fleeting. And so what we must do in our life, of course, then, is to take up that cross, to endure those sufferings so we actually can see them as blessings because they're helping us to see that there's more than this world has to give. And we're going to have that ultimate happiness We've talked about this before with Father Spitzer, right? The four levels of happiness. That the four levels, we know the fourth level is only going to be when we're one with God. As St. Augustine says, my soul is restless until it rests in me. If we get stuck at that level one, which we know is this immediate pleasure, that level two, which we can see is kind of a comparison game, 
we're always going to be longing. Let's use a very practical example. Tonight, most of us, if not all of us, are probably going to watch the Super Bowl, right? It's the biggest televised event uh, of the year. It would even be cooler if the Vikings were in it, but, well, that's not going to happen. But anyways, we, we have here where tonight two teams are going to play. And we know the, the two quarterbacks, I think, are both respected highly in the league. We have Joe Burrow, his second year, and we have Matt Stafford. And, of course, Matt Stafford played with the Lions, the pitiful Lions, and now he's with the winning team. And so whoever wins, there's a good story there. And I'm sure tonight, whatever the winning quarterback is, whatever the winning team is, they're going to be really, really happy. That's good. But tomorrow they're going to wake up, and what they're going to realize, and I think both Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford already know this, hopefully, is that there's something more than a Super Bowl ring. See, if their whole life all they're trying to attain is a Super Bowl ring, and they get it, that's all they've ever wanted, they're going to wake up tomorrow morning with a Super Bowl ring and go, isn't there something more than this? If not, can you imagine how depressing that would be? It's like the Olympics. We see this as well. They live, they live their whole life to win an Olympic gold, which is an amazing and beautiful accomplishment. But we see this with athletes all the time. When they retire, it almost feels like everything is a letdown from then because they've made their whole goal an earthly thing. And so when we can see there's something more than this earth, then we're actually going to see that there's something that's going to give us that eternal happiness. And that's only God. If all we live for is worldly things, it's actually a huge curse because we're always going to be longing. But if we long for Christ and we abide in him, we're going to have that happiness that we're longing for. You know, on Friday, we celebrated Our Lady of, of Lords. And a quick story about Our Lady of Lords. It was 1854. She appeared to a young peasant woman, a young girl, 14-year-old Bernadette. And Bernadette went out into a field one day and saw a woman clothed in white over by, by a grotto, over by a cave. And so Bernadette could see this woman clothed in white. There was something special. So she dropped to her knees, and this woman was holding a rosary, and Bernadette prayed the rosary uh, with this lady. This lady kind of this moved the beads through her hands. Of course, this woman disappeared uh, and eventually showed up uh, again. Bernadette went back to the field. And we, we know the rest of the story. We know, of course, that was the Virgin Mary appearing to, to Bernadette. But the, the third time that she appeared to Bernadette, and Bernadette still didn't know it was quite Mary, but she's kind of inclining it. This woman said something very interesting. Mary said something very interesting to Bernadette. She told her, Show up for the next two weeks. Come here and pray with me for the next two weeks. And she gave her a promise. She says, I do not promise to make you happy in this world, but in the next. I do not promise to make you happy in this world, but in the next. And that's what God promises too. But for this to happen, what do we need to do? We need to take up our cross daily and follow him. We need to be his disciple. And when we do this, we know we're not only going to have happiness eternally, but we're going to have happiness now as well. Because we have God and he'll have us as long as we truly take up our cross and follow him.